I, I don't know what's happening, but I really feel the Lord doing a great work. Uh, I know it's in me, but I know it's for our congregation. God is doing a lot of stuff. But I want you to think about when, we, when Pastor Andy goes through the prayer requests, they get to me. Notice they are mainly, mainly in two categories. And, and we really need to pay attention because I believe that Satan attacks in these two areas. It's usually majority of his sickness. Have you noticed that? Sick, 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 sick. What does that call for? The church. The church. You know, I've often said to people, the house of God is not the house of, for perfect people. It's a hospital where people come to get healed. Jesus said, those that are well don't need a physician. Remember that? Only those who are sick. And so there are different types of sickness. There's spiritual sickness. Then there is physical sickness. I believe spiritual, I mean physical sickness is born out of spiritual sickness. Just as everything that you see came from the spirit world. I think if we can see things that way, it will be so easy. Because everything came from the spirit realm. Everything came from the unseen world. Everything that you see existed first. Streets that we see on earth, streets of gold, right? It's streets in heaven. We can't see them, but people walk on them. They are real people. I'm not calling them human people. Real people. Angel, Gabriel. You heard about Angel Gabriel? Can I talk to you tonight? Angel Gabriel existed from the time of Daniel. He, Daniel had physical interaction with Gabriel, the angel. He's a person. He still exists till today. Daniel saw him a few times. Daniel had interactions with Gabriel. And then Zachariah, there was the same angel, Gabriel, talking to Zachariah. And then the same angel talking to Mary. It's a person. He lives. He's still there. You'll see him someday. Then there is another angel called Michael. You can see him in Daniel. And then you see him also in Revelation. Michael and his angel. These are people. They exist. Everything that you see is born out of the spirit realm. There was no sickness before Adam sinned. Sickness is spiritual. I started saying that on Sunday. Everything that we do is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Everything has spiritual implication. Everything. Your work is very spiritual because God commanded it. Everything we do is spiritual. It's not just when you pray. Everything, when you're giving, that's very spiritual. That's a worship. We don't understand that that's a very high worship. Basically, when you're not giving, you're saying, I don't want to worship. 
That's basically what you're doing. When you hold back, you're saying to God, I'm not interested in this form of worship. Give me another one, I'll try. Everything that you do is very spiritual. It's so important. We need to understand that. It's so important. Father, I just ask the Spirit of God, teach us tonight, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Righteousness by faith. Righteousness by faith. The force of righteousness. Righteousness by faith. Uh, Let me put it this way. Rightness by faith. You can make everything right by faith. Everything right by faith. And in fact, the Bible puts it this way. Whatever is not of faith is sin. So you can make all things right by faith. I'm beginning to realize I can change anything by faith. Jesus said all things are possible if you can only believe. So the question is faith. You can make everything right. Righteousness is right standing with God. And if you have right standing with God, everything is going to be right. It's because we're not believing this. And God is taking us from faith to faith. From glory to glory. And I'm ready for this. I'm telling you, I'm ready for it. I'm saying, God, please let me have more of this. So that my life is being transformed by, from faith to faith. Because faith is what transforms your life. No matter what the problem is, it can change if you believe. Because Jesus is not just believing in nothing, but believing in Jesus Christ. That's your righteousness. That's what the Bible says. Righteousness by faith. And most of the time, people were given or declared righteous not by believing just in God, but by believing what God said. Abraham believed that he could have a child at a hundred years old. And God counted that for righteousness. So righteousness is not by works. It's not by what you do. You only get right with God by faith. That's the only thing God answers to. Not the knowledge of good and evil. Or trying to do good and evil. You can't get righteous that way. You only get righteous by faith. By faith, it sometimes it baffles us. And I said that on Sunday. Many times we go out, or maybe last Wednesday, we, go, we see people as they go out to preach in third world countries, and you, get, you have all these pagans coming in to listen to the word of God. And, and they haven't been Christians. They haven't lived one day of a Christian life. They know nothing about God. They are pagans, some of them murderers. They practice witchcraft and all of that. And then they hear the preacher speaking and telling them there is only one true God. Not the unknown God. The only true God. And then they believe. And the preacher says, now well, now put your hand over your head. And this one true God is going to heal you. They say, whatever you say, preacher, we believe in this God you're telling us now. And guess what? This murderer, crazy fellow, gets healed by God. Why? Because his faith made him righteous at that moment. 
Just like Abraham. Just like Abraham. God always answers to faith. You know, the Lord shared with me from the very beginning when I started off in ministry, God said to me, I will never overlook faith. Never. That's why I said to our church, I will quickly admit I'm struggling with unbelief than to say, I don't know if God, maybe it's not God's will to do this. I, I'm not, I never go there. I will never go there. I will go tell God, please help my unbelief. I want to believe. Help me. Show me some way to get rid of this feeling of unbelief that I'm feeling inside so that I can get my miracle. Help me. I get all the books, get the Bible and keep reading. And then as you, you strengthen yourself and as you build yourself, unbelief leaves and you're ready for the miracle. And you have no fear. The circumstance stays the same, but you got no fear anymore. Because you know God's going to come through. And guess what? He comes through. Always. like to let you know my wife is back. Amen? <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking about that. <laughs> I guess I looked for her and I didn't see her in the congregation. So she's still suffering jet lag. But righteousness is by faith. And once you get righteous before God, glory comes to you. Your life is made beautiful. It's just the way God is. So you lose your fear of things. And Satan can no longer harass you. You know, in Hebrews chapter 1, it's speaking about the love for righteousness. Not being righteous, the love for having a right standing with God at all times. You know what the enemy does? He accuses us. Why do you think he he does that? So you feel that sense the sense of righteousness gone, and then you are vulnerable. Once he can accuse you and make you feel guilty, you open. He can attack you. But as long as you are righteous, there's a shield all over you. The enemy cannot cross it. He knows it. So the thing, that's why he's called the accuser of the brethren. What is he accusing of? Of doing some, something wrong so that you feel Less righteous before God and unworthy. And guess what? The door is open. He attacks you. And he says, that's why the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for the righteous. It's no condemnation. Before, maybe. But now, there is therefore now no condemnation for the righteous. It makes it very clear. Now I'm putting the word righteous for those who walk after the spirit. If you are in Christ, no condemnation. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. We don't don't follow that law anymore. We cannot be condemned. We are in Christ. Those who are in Christ are righteous. When you're righteous, you can't be condemned at the same time. Why is God telling us there's no condemnation? We cannot feel guilty. We have a right standing before God. There is no condemnation because we are in Christ. We have been made righteous by faith. And faith in God brings us righteousness. And righteousness, that's the gift Jesus came from heaven to give to us. 
I'd like you to check this scripture. The love of righteousness is so important. Because it will protect you from everything. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8 and 9. But to the son, that's Jesus, he says, the father says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. The scepter of righteousness. Notice, what is the power? The scepter is the rod with which you rule, right? We are supposed to rule. What is that rod called for Christ? It's a rod of righteousness. You are sitting on the throne where righteousness is reigning. You are seated with Jesus in heavenly places because you are righteous in the right hand of God with that rod to rule. That's the power to make the enemy submissive to you. Righteousness. It says that's the scepter of righteousness. It's the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness. Notice the word. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. In other words, you love right standing with God. You hate lawlessness. Therefore, God, because you love righteousness, God has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your companions. You don't have to do right. You just love righteousness, okay? Love what it means to be right with God. And then God pours this anointing on your life. Amen? He pours this anointing upon your life. The more you have this desire, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after what? Righteousness for they shall be what? Anointed. That's what he's telling you. When you are anointed, no one can touch you. When God anoints you, and all you have to do is to love God, to love what is right, not be perfect, just love the things of God, throw yourself for the things of God, over the things of God, just want to go, let nobody hold you back, and God says, I'm going to anoint you. With the oil of gladness, Above your companions. You know, Jesus, he says, my joy, I give to you. Remember that? He was a very joyful man inside of him. God gave him that. Now, him being God, who would you call his companion? So what's the meaning of that scripture? (laughs) As a man... We are. Jesus was a man. Amen? But this man was different. He loved righteousness so much that separated him from the rest of us because of the anointing. God gave it to him in full measure. And if we love the same thing, notice Peter and the other disciples. Peter seemed like someone who was unruly, right? But he loved his master. And guess what? God baptized him with such powerful anointing. You can see Paul as well. Paul was willing to let him, he'll die just to be close. He said, you know, I put everything that's 
behind me, everything behind me. And I'm pressing towards that mark. And so God gave him that great anointing. We were created to reign. And you only reign by righteousness. That's what Jesus reigned by. You only reign by righteousness. And the righteousness is not what you've done. It's based on your faith in what God has already done. Believing that God can take care of your needs, that's a good point for righteousness. If you're struggling with unbelief, then you're probably having a difficulty. Your righteousness is being breached. Because faith is what gives you that shield. Amen? It's your faith. And I read the scripture last time, Romans 5, verse 17. There is grace, then there's a pas- the, the giving of righteousness. It's a gift. Righteousness is a gift. Jesus purchased this gift, and we ought to receive the gift. If God, Jesus went to the cross to give us this gift, it must be a very powerful gift. It cost him his life. And when you get a hold of the gift, don't let go. Keep it with you. You didn't obtain the gift by what you did. Amen? You obtained it by faith in him. So when you do wrong, step back in faith. Don't go the other way. Step back in faith. Tell the enemy, I know he died for my sins from the foundations of the world, right? He covered all of it. I'm going back home. Just like the prodigal son. And you have a feast waiting for you. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one. So if death reigned through the one, what's going to happen when the other one is righteous before God? Means death ceases to reign. Amen. Death ceases to reign. With Adam, death reigned. With Christ, death ceases to reign. Sickness has no dominion over my life. Amen. I go home when I'm ready to go home. There is no stupid cancer that's going to tell me when I need to go home. The word of God is what determines whether I go home with long life he will satisfy you. Nothing is going to cut that short. No accident, no calamity. It's according, it will happen to you according to your faith. This is what I believe. Amen. They that wait on the Lord shall what? They renew their strength. I believe that scripture. Amen. I believe that scripture. I'm not going to be weak. I know how to wait on the Lord. It's, it's not that hard, right? I can wait on him. I lock myself in and wait so I get strong. Amen? Not weak. And we read these scriptures and we just don't get a hold of it. It's like we just read them words. But these are eternal words. They are the same word that created the universe. The same words we think, well, God said, let there be light. And then the sun and everything came. Oh, that was powerful. But when God says, if you believe all things are possible, well, that's nice. 
the same words from the same lips. By his stripes you were healed. The same words that spoke the sun. The, the, have you been in the ocean? Just look. You'll be amazed what God's words can do. And those words are directed towards me. And if you believe it, he says you're right with me. And if you're right with me, all things become right. He will make everything right. He starts a new thing. God said, I will do a new thing. I want that new thing in my life. Amen. I want that new thing. God, what's the new thing that you're doing? Can I get in it? Can I be a part of this new thing? God's always doing a new thing. You can't box him. He doesn't do things the same way all the time. But we got to trust him. And trusting God is what gives him pleasure. Not what you do. We are made righteous by faith. Not by works. What you do, that's okay. If you do it in faith. That's what pleases him. But if it just works, he doesn't have time for that. It's only what's done in faith that he rewards. Only what you do in faith that pleases him. Because that's what's true righteousness. Only what you do in faith. And faith is something that you can't see. It's, it's a discouraging situation. Where you think everything is going the other way, but you got to believe against what you see. That's faith. Because God said so. That's faith. That's why it pleases God. You don't believe it. Got too excited. Have mercy. I used to be out down here. Oh, what am I going to do now? Where did I start? All right. But we really need to believe God. We really need to believe God. All things are possible. Don't give in to self-pity. You can't give in to that. You were born of God. You were born of God. You can't give in to that. We are born, God gave us birth so that we can reign in life. For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive. Can I hear the word? I receive. Yes, you receive. Not going to receive. You already receive. You receive the abundance of grace. If not, you won't be here tonight. You didn't just receive some grace. You received abundance of grace. And it's coming from the Father to you. You need to, This is something to shout about. We don't shout about it because we don't really believe. We have received abundance of favor from God. I don't care if anybody favors me. I got favor from God. I'm, I'm okay. That's all I need. But guess what? When you got favor with God, you will also have favor with men. They go together. They like you. They don't know why. They just like you. And want to help. Because God has ordained them to help you. This is the true word of God. You have received abundance of grace... But not only that, 
It says, and. That means they're different, right? You receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. That's a precious gift. Grace, favor, that's a powerful thing, right? And then he says, I also added righteousness to it. The gift of righteousness. There is a force of righteousness that causes you to reign in life if we will believe it. We are too focused on our circumstances and what's happening to us. It's a very hard thing. It's, you know, I'm, I'm looking for friends, people who really can believe because in the world is going down. Everything is going down. The economy, everything you hear, is, uh, everything is so negative. And that's what the world is. And God is looking for somebody who will believe him above everything that you're seeing. God's not going to destroy the world. He's trying to give the riches of the world to his children. And his children are running to the world to try to get something from the world. God said they'll give it to you. Just stay with me. That's the truth of the word of God. Amen. It says those who have received the gift of righteousness and abundance of grace, they will do what? Reign when they get to heaven? No, in this life. That's nice. Right? Rain. That's very nice. As far as I'm concerned, and I please every one of us here, amen? Be determined. Your life is not going to be common. God doesn't create anything common. God told Peter, don't call what I have sanctified common. You remember that? Don't tell you, don't you dare. What God has allowed, you can't call common. So you are not common in the eyes of God. You made yourself common. And then the enemy knows you made yourself common, he's going to treat you just like a commoner. But I have to let him know I'm a prince with God. Just like Joseph. You are to reign in life. Let me tell you, it has nothing to do with your circumstance. You can still be reigning even when the circumstances are not right. I found a scripture that God almost, I'm almost was shouting. It was so powerful. Can you give me the scripture? This is uh, Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39, please. If you are not coming to church with your Bible, maybe I'll tell Teresa to stop putting this stuff up here. <laughs> Genesis 39. This is talking about Joseph. Let me, start, let me read this to you. This, this is so powerful, okay? So it doesn't matter where you are. God can transform your situation. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, cap- captain of the guard. Note that word. Please read through the whole book there, that story of Joseph captain of the guard, an Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who are taking him down there. Notice what it says. The Lord was with Joseph. Guess what happens after that? And he was 
a successful man. You mean a slave can be successful? Oh, that's what the Bible says. He was a successful slave. Did that, those words don't go together? Only when God says it. It doesn't make sense. I almost shouted, he's successfully slave. How did God make that happen? Your circumstances don't detect. God is the one that dictates whether you're successful or not. He was a slave and very successful. As a slave. Amen. The reason God was with him. And guess what he's called? Emmanuel. God is what? With us. And in Romans chapter 8 says, If God be for us, in other words, if God is with us, who can be against us? If God's with you, you are going to be successful. God is with you for only one reason. The same reason he was with Joseph. Faith that brought him right standing with God. So regardless of where he was, God was right there with him. And if God is right there with you, you will be successful. Regardless of the circumstance. He says he was successful, even as a slave. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw, I mean, this is not a hidden thing. When God's doing it, they'll see it. He does it in secret because he reveals stuff in secret. But when he wants to reward you, he rewards you openly so no one can miss it. That God's doing this. I mean, an Egyptian understood God was with Joseph. Let's read this. He says, and the Lord was with Joseph and he was, he was a successful man. He was not just a common man as a slave. He was successful as a man. He didn't say he was successful slave man. No, he was successful as a man. They want to label him as a slave, but he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made. Who was making all things? God. The Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. That's our inheritance. Because we got right standing with God. We have right standing with God. There is a path with righteousness. And the path of righteousness is through with all, through with all kinds of good stuff. You know, don't record this. I use... <laughs> My brother-in-law, I had a good time. I know he's a strong Catholic. But I used this scripture to really witness to him in my office for a long time and I won't stop. Don't record this. <laughs> but tonight before I left home, he was reading his Bible. He was reading his Bible. And Angela remarked, I didn't say anything to Angela. That was yesterday. I didn't say anything to Angela, but I took this scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. As long as God is your shepherd, 
If you have made God your shepherd, he'll take care of you. And I'm very confident of that. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to be afraid. I don't fear want. It will never happen. And I'm not depending on man. I'm depending on him. I'm depending on him. So I started sharing with him about this. You know, Angela was reminding me not too long. You know, a lot of people believe, you know, Angela has a job. and so, But Angela still had the same kind of job. We started, the church had to buy me something from a trick shop. She was reminding me, a jacket. When we started, because things were very rough, we couldn't even buy a um, $200 car. We couldn't. But God, God can change all of that. I think Pastor Andy will tell you, we started our church. Uh, those days, uh, for weeks, I was preaching on God's going to bless everybody and bless me. I'm going to be <laughs> That's all I preached for a while. Angela said, don't you have another message to preach? I said, I'm going to preach this because I know where my trouble is at. <laughs> That's my problem. We need help. We need help. How God's going to do it? Don't really care. But God's going to take care of you. And, and by the grace of God, I use the church. But not because it's the church. I can trust God for the needs of our church. And I don't have a fear for anybody. And I've said it before. I think a long time ago, uh, we had somebody that was very wealthy in our church. He told me, you should be glad that I'm coming to your church. I didn't like that. So I told God, take him out. I don't want him coming to our church. Let him go. I don't need his money. He's not his money that is taking care of our church. Nobody is taking care of our church. God himself is the one taking care of my church. <coughs> Excuse me, because it's his church. It's his church, so I don't have to be afraid. It's his church. The church is bigger than I am. I don't, we can't depend on anybody. God can take care of his own people. But the scripture says, The Lord is my shepherd. And I was telling my brother-in-law, I'm so glad because they taught, this, taught these things to us when I was a kid. Psalm 23. They made us memorize it in school uh, in Nigeria when I was growing up. And they memorized the whole thing. And we repeated it all the time. It was just something to say. And thank God it was something to say. Now, it's like a pillar for, me, for my life. I, I hold on to that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. So I don't, it doesn't matter who likes me or who doesn't like me. God's going to take care of me. All I have to be concerned about is to be sure we are right. Amen? And just right with God. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. If I turn this way, it's green. If I turn the other way, it's green. If I roll back, it's all green. He leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. Do you know what that means? To restore your soul? That's your mind. That's your will. That's your emotions. My soul needs restoration. So my emotions are right with God. My mind needs to be 
restored, transformed. The renewing of your mind is what transforms you. The renewing of your mind. My will. So that my will will always agree with God's will for my life. And then it says in verse 3, He leads me in the path of righteousness for what? For His name's sake. He leads me Righteousness has a path. He leads me in the path of righteousness. Pastor Andy, uh, you know, alluded to it in, in, uh, in um, Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. He says he will direct your path, right? Yeah. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Not just for me. His name is tied to my life. His name is tied to your life. His his honor is tied to your life. So he's not doing it just for your sake. He's doing it for his name's sake. He wants his name to be honored in your life. So he leads you in the paths of righteousness. That's the path for plenty. That's the path for abundance. The path of righteousness. Notice not the part of doing just good by the law. It's the path of faith in God. Because faith is what brings us righteousness. There is what is called righteousness by faith. And so if you believe in God and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are already on the path of righteousness. And you need to believe good things are coming your way. No calamity, no evil. Good things are coming your way. He is the path of righteousness. He leads me in the path of righteousness. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, why? Because that's still a path of righteousness. God's still with you. He's just taking you through. He may be difficult today. You may be having some difficulties in your situation as you follow the paths of righteousness, living for God. But he is with you just as like he was with Joseph. Joseph was going through the valley of the shadow of death, but he was still successful. Why? Because God was with him. So even though you go through the valley of the shadow of death, You have no reason to be afraid of any evil. You are not going to be hurt by it when it's all through. The reason is because God is with you. Because when you're all through and you go through the shadow on the other side, God is preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. All they can do is sit and watch you as you enjoy from the table of God. They can't do anything about it. Why? Because God is with you. That's why, you know, because we are human beings, we, we love to be loved and welcomed and all of that, praised and all of that, appreciated. But I have to tell myself, because if you go that way, you can really be in trouble. I got nothing to prove to anybody. Amen? It's a struggle. That's a major fight. I don't have anything to prove to anybody, so I don't have to do anything to please anybody. Because it's not pleasing God. When you're not doing it the way God wants it to be done. But let God direct your path. Sometimes God tells you to do things that don't make sense. 
You think this is the right thing to do? And he says, no, don't do that. And you're wondering, God, I thought you said this. No, he's leading you. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I have to be led. Whether people like it or not, I have to have that peace with God. Amen? That peace with God in you. That's the, hump, the umpire that directs your life. Always listen to that. And don't let the things that you see with your eyes direct what you do. Because when you do that, you are walking in the flesh. If you go by how you feel, the symptoms you feel, you'll fear. But the righteous are as bold as the lion, he says. No fear. So when you're fearful, guess what? The enemy is breaching <laughs> your righteousness. The righteous, doesn't fear, the righteous shouldn't fear anything. You saw Peter and John? They were telling the same fellows that killed Jesus. When they told them you can't speak in the name of Jesus, they knew they could kill them. They said, you judge. We're going to speak. Whether you like it or not, we're going to speak. The, the, all you can do is kill us and we're ready for it. Amen. And then they noticed, folks, these ignorant men have been with Jesus. Remember that? He, he, he's, they have his DNA. Can you see it? <laughs> they have his DNA. And boy, this is supposed. We thought we killed that. Now we killed one. Now they have multiplied. Look. What are we going to do now? And that's what I was sharing. His rod, that's the word of God, and his staff, like a shepherd, right? They give me comfort. Because God will always take care of you. There is the fruit of righteousness. That's what I'm beginning to learn. If you do what's right, there is fruit. You may not reap the same day. I think that's what, what is so... Because we are natural, we want everything today. Especially if you live in the United States, okay? We want everything real quick. I mean, I'm from Africa. It's gotten to me as well. When I'm sitting there and they're not serving in time, what's wrong with them, I say? Hey, let it be fast, okay? You get very upset. What's wrong with them? I'm not going to tip them right because for two years. Okay? That's what we, we want everything to happen. But you see, there is a time to sow. Then there is a time to reap. But most of the time, when we don't get the result immediately, we give up. And the Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing. Keep doing what you're doing, even if you don't see results. There is results. You just can't see them. God's the building. You just cannot see them yet. And when you give up, you destroy your seed because you stop watering the seed. But if you keep watering the seed because you can't see, but you still have faith that something is building, God's building something, when they come up, you'll be shocked. People will be asking questions. Say, we saw this. Well, what happened here? You tell them it was God. They say, yeah, we know it's God, but t tell us how this happened. Because we know you don't look as smart as with him. You don't look as smart. How did this happen? Give it to us. We want to know. It's God. Now may he, that's 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower 
don't you ever say you cannot give. You are making a statement by saying God has not given to me. Or God is not giving to me. I was off to give. And this is something that God's dealing with me again because I'm beginning to see scriptures from the Old Testament where God talks about worship and giving to him. He's more focused on that, of bringing something. He told his people, Don't, when you come to my presence in the Old Testament to worship before the tabernacle, he says, please don't ever come empty-handed. You must come with something in your hand to give. He said, when you come to worship, make sure you got something to give. Don't you ever come to my presence empty-handed. And then there are some people, he said, I don't want you in my presence. If you have issue of blood, you can't come to my presence, stay home. But if you're coming to my presence, you got to come with something. It's a worship. So basically when you say you don't have to give, you are really hurting yourself. Because God gives to the sower. He says, now may he, this God, that's who he is. He gives seed to the sower. Can you say the word today? I'm a sower. That's who you are. God sees you as a sower. If you don't acknowledge that you are a sower, God will not put any seed in your hand. So you acknowledge, I'm a sower, God. Check it for me. I'm one of them. So give me my seed. Just like you're giving to them. And it says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, meaning as you're sowing, it seems like all is gone, right? But while your seed is, the, the, what you've uh, sown is growing for the harvest, God's still taking care of you, making sure all is well. He supplies and multiplies the seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Whose righteousness? God's righteousness? No, your righteousness. Because he's been given to you. It's a gift. If I, buy, if I went out to buy this Bible and I give it to you, whose Bible will it become then? It's your Bible. If you keep telling me the Bible, your Bible that you gave to me, I'll just take my Bible from you, okay? <laughs> Since you don't accept it, okay? I'll just take it from you. It becomes your Bible. So God gives you a gift of righteousness. Guess what it is now? It's your righteousness. And that righteousness is loaded with fruits. Not fruit. Fruits. Not the fruit of the spirit. That's the spirit's fruit. Okay? This is the fruit of your righteousness. And it's talking about goodness and mercy upon your life. God blessing you. Amen? Isaiah 54, and I'm going to stop here quickly because I'm going to go back to this because it's really important. Isaiah 54 talks about how God will bless his people. And I, re I really need you to read the whole chapter, Isaiah chapter 54. First, you must recognize once you are made righteous, there is a covenant that God is made with you that is equal to the covenant that God made with Noah. 
concerning rain on the earth. As powerful as that. The same. For you as a person. You have to believe that. God made a covenant. He says, for this is like the waters of Noah to me. In other words, when you, came, when you come to Christ as your Lord and Savior, what God's referring, even as Isaiah is, is the gospel preacher of the Old Testament, that's what theologians would call him, Isaiah the prophet, he says, this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah will no longer cover the earth, so have I sworn that I will not be angry with you nor rebuke you. You think God will swear and go back on his oath? God saying, just like that, with Noah, the rain, the earth is never going to be destroyed by rain anymore. And I received that. God's never going to be angry with you. You need to understand that. Never. Never. If you feel God's angry with you for something you've done, you're deceived. It will never, I'm going to say it again, no matter what you do as a Christian, God will never be angry with you. Never. He's never going to be angry with you. And I'm going to support that with scripture. Because Jesus said, if a man has a hundred sheep, remember that? And one leaves the fold. What does he do? He's angry with the one that leaves the fold? No. He says he'll leave the remaining 99. He goes after that one and he said after he's found that one, he puts that one on his shoulder and he comes back. He says, rejoice with me. You see that? Rejoice with me. What does that say? He was grieved when that one was gone. Not angry, grieved. Heard him. And when he finds, he says, rejoice with me. My sheep that was lost, I found him. He will, God has sworn he'll never be angry with you. There's nothing you can do that can make him to be angry with you. Because you have been made righteous by the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, until you believe it, you never see goodness and mercy. Because what it is, you are questioning God's attribute and his person, his character, when you don't believe it. I think it hurts God more when you don't believe him than, in my opinion, today, when you sin. Because he quickly call your daughter if you believe him. Be it unto you according to your faith. Now, when Jesus says the word, go and sin no more, people think he's admonishing the person, don't you dare do this again, okay? Sometimes he's advising the person, but most times his words come with power. Amen? That gets into the person and changes the person. Notice the woman at the well. Jesus said nothing to her about not sinning anymore. He said, call your husband. And that was it. That was it. Because his words and his presence can change your life and change your whole circumstances and lift you up from where you were. And I see that righteousness, the woman believed, a woman that nobody would talk to. 
and she had to come out during uh, at noon time avoiding everybody now the men were talking to her right and they were telling her we believe he lifted her up from where she was and I'm sure after that day people will be going to her tell us how did you find him what did he say to you you remember that how did what, what, how did you all discuss what happened here nobody's talking about her sin anymore and five husbands she's in a different class now because she had faith in Jesus amen and that's righteousness he gave you right standing both with God and with men and good things will start coming your way I don't think the woman wanted to go back to her old ways she wanted to be with this master who's lifted her up now she could be one of the people in the community and be a woman of God amen because she was accepted by the Messiah Messiah spoke to her first before anybody in the village stand up with me tonight you know this is this is exciting really exciting to know that God loves us so much and that we all things will be well God's doing a lot of miracles in our church and I'm hearing them I'm really excited about it and uh, God's doing a lot of stuff in my own life and showing me stuff there are things that we're gonna be doing don't forget Friday if you're a worker please be here I want to celebrate you we want to celebrate you uh, even if you just started working yeah men stay behind we're gonna be putting the chairs uh, away we want to celebrate you but also angela and i want to tell you some of the things that god is putting in our heart we want to do really serious business with god and we're going to be starting with uh, a few people here as we go and it's going to spread because we want to be intentional in our devotion towards him amen very focused god's going to do that i believe it's god i've been crying out to god for something that I want to see him doing in life. Amen? And I believe God's giving the answers and we're going to be moving on. And God's going to be doing great things in your life. Amen? And in your ministry. Can I hear an amen? amen? You have a ministry. God's going to be doing great work. I'm seeing a great work coming out of this church because of what God's going to be doing in individuals' lives and in your home and in your family. I'm going to speak tonight. If there is stress in your family, financially, that's been broken tonight by the power of the name of Jesus. Tonight, that stress is being broken because I believe God will open the windows of heaven and begin to pour a blessing upon your life. If there is fighting in the home, God's going to break that tonight. Can I hear an amen? In the name of Jesus. If there is a hopelessness in any area of your life tonight, I'm saying to you, by the power of the name of Jesus, there's hope coming to that situation. There is resurrection coming to that situation. And God will begin to give you a desire to look for the miracle in that situation. I command you tonight, in the name of the Lord Jesus, have no fear. Have no fear because God is doing a new thing. Can I hear an amen? God is doing a new thing, and we got to believe him. You'll feel it. You'll see it. We'll all rejoice. It's the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our side. Can we give him a clap offering tonight? It's going to be marvelous in our side. It's going to be marvelous in our side. Because of our God. Because of our Savior. Because of the Lord who loves us so much. 
We are made in his likeness. Amen. You just look like Jesus. Amen. Say it. I look like Jesus. Just like him. You are in his likeness. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.